This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first, first month. Start making smarter bets today. Sony Open, Hawaii, Hawaii Swing number two. We have one more week before we head to California, and let's let's talk century a little bit before we dive into this. Also, going to be talking some college football, talking whatever you guys want to talk about. Drop it in the chat. We will we'll try to get to it. But yeah, I mean, what a tournament that was. Obviously, the century last week slash yesterday had more guys in the field than we are used to seeing in this tournament. And I mean, Kapalua, people, it gets its flowers. People like Kapalua, but. I'm, I don't love Kapalua. I don't care to see minus damn near minus 30 year in, year out. Brody on every single hole. Obviously, we want it to be a challenge. We want to see guys looking like us out there. But Kapalua is what it is. I ha- I'm i happy that the field got widened to see a broad... Like Anyone could have won that. We saw a 201 golfer win yesterday. That's always a good thing to see. You don't want to see like Scotty Scheffler versus Victor Hovland if because that's what it would have been if the rest of the field weren't, in the, weren't there. So I'm happy that the century how it finished out. Obviously, let's talk Sahith. We all, I know a lot of guys had Sahith Tagala 75 to 1, 70 to 1, what, around that number. It was a good sweat. Um, obviously, Friday was a bit of a bummer round. He shot a 69. I literally said after the Thursday round, he's going to be 69 and be like T8 heading into the weekend. He was T9, but he shot a 69. We still in a great spot. We cannot be mad at Sahith for going 10 under on Sunday to lose a golf tournament by a stroke. Like what else could you want? Like show you always want your golfers to show some heart. He showed some heart. So that was an awesome sweat. Obviously came down to a missed putt on 18 and he hit a good putt just missed on the right lip. The problem was the, the problem was the chip. He, it was a bad chip on 18. He put it to 10 feet rather than he could have easily put that chip to inside five feet. He was doing it all tournament long, just putting or all Sunday long, just putting 50 foot chips to inside eight to five feet. He left himself like a little over that and just missed the putt. Obviously Kirk needed to just make par on 18 to win, but let's talk about Chris Kirk. just literally right over my shoulder right there. So if there's someone I want to lose to, I can't be mad about losing to Chris Kirk. I wouldn't say he's my favorite golfer. My favorite golfer is right here, Willie Z, who we will see this week. But Chris Kirk, like we know he went through a bunch of shit, had some alcohol problems, had some family problems, but he came back and he earned it. Like two wins in uh, less than a year. Chris Kirk, you deserve that win. And that shot you hit on 17, the only hard hole at Kapalua, which isn't even like a hard hole in any other golf course, uh, stuck it to a tap in birdie. Like that was the only hole that could have given him trouble down the stretch. And obviously Sahith on 17 had to get up and down and make, make like a 10 footer for par, which he did. But Chris Kirk, big Dick put it, put an approach with a, he, I think he clubbed up from a, he was going to hit a seven iron and hit a five iron because of the wind. So shout out the caddy on that, put it to a foot. What a call, just absolute dagger nail in the coffin. Chris Kirk got the damn jet, got the damn job done. But Overall, it was a super fun century. Glad to see some different names mixing it in at that tournament rather than the usuals we see week in, week out on that event. So it was super fun, but let's talk about the Sony Open. Hawaii swing number two, like I said, and we're going to see a very different style of golf than we saw on 
last week. Last week, guys could drive the ball wherever they wanted uh, and just rely on their wedges, long irons, and their putter just to get to 25 under. And we're going to see a bunch of birdies this week. Don't get me wrong, but playing out of the fairway will be important. Hitting your wedges close will be important. We're not going to see many long irons, maybe on the par fives, but going to be a ton of wedges and a ton of shorter hitters in the mix. And so, and it's going to be super interesting because I'm going to bring it up the DFS board now. The first three guys are not necessarily shorter hitters. And the first three guys in the pricing have never played this event. This has to be the first time that three players in the top three players in the DraftKings pricing have, have zero course history. Obviously, it's usually guys who play it super well here, which is going to be guy number six in Corey Connors. He's the course horse at the top. But Ludwig, Terrell Hatton, Matt Fitz have never played this event before. And they're the top three price guys on the DraftKings board. So that just has to make you think. You have to ask yourself a question. What's the, what's the majority? What's the public going to do? Are they going to grab one of these guys or are they going to be like, Nah, I'm gonna, I want to go down and grab someone who I know has played here before, who I know who I know who knows these confines. Definitely an interesting scenario to think about. But let's talk about Ludwig. He is the highest priced golfer on the slate. He is what is his exact price? Ten five, which isn't a crazy price. But now, last week I thought it was a much better fit for Ludwig because when you think of his game, super long, super straight off the tee, and just a good all around player, good putter. But Ludwig, in his short short career, short history, has won at the RSM Classic, short positional course. Won at Cran uh, Sur, which is a DP World Tour event, Birdie Fest, Wedge Fest. Very similar course. And he has a T2 at the Sanderson Farms, Farms a little bit more uh, open. A T4 at the Czech Masters. All golf courses that are, you're hitting a ton of wedges and you have to be straight off the tee. So that's what we're getting here. And I think in a few years once everything settles out we're going to learn that ludwig's primary course is going to be like the majors the the, the tough tracks like the the guys we use the, the courses you see the best players winning at but for now and we've seen it in in years the best like when new guys come out they win at these easier courses just think of like the justin thomas's of the world like like those guys when they came out they won on like these style of courses so I think when Ludwig matures, he'll start doing better on those difficult courses. But for now, I think he will really show his teeth on these easier positional courses. So at 10-5, a golfer that $10,500, a golfer that has never played this course, is anyone going to play him? I think I'm going to play him. I think he's going to be my first click at in this uh, DFS board. So Terrell Hatton, he's 10-3, second price golfer, had a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid, uh, what's it called? Century. Fin- ended up finishing 14th, but was in the mix, went, went 11 under on Friday. Never played here before. Now, I'm just going to say right now, Hatton is going to be a full fade for me. Now, this guy talked about his 11 under round and was like, I felt horrible over the ball. I just happened to make every single putt. And on Saturday, he came out immediately made a triple bogey. He talked about not picking up a club since the DP World Tour Championship, which was months ago. He spent his winter with his family. He spent his uh, winter resting, and he still doesn't feel feel great. Obviously, he's a very talented golfer and is able to come up with a nice finish, find himself on the leaderboard, but 14th place finish wasn't very wasn't amazing. 14th place finish will not do you any well at $10,300 in this event. So I still think he has some 
uh, working to do. He's never seen this golf course and he doesn't think his game is in a good spot. Terrell Hatton will be a full fade for me at this price point. Now, Matt Fitz, 14th place at the century, tied with Terrell. Uh, fourth place at the Hero has never played this golf course before. But with that being said, I like Matt Fitzpatrick on these style golf course. One of my favorite golf courses for Matt Fitzpatrick is Pebble Beach, where he plays a lot and plays well there. And not that this is the same exact style as Pebble Beach, but we get coastal vibes, we get small greens, we get wedges. I like that fit for Matt Fitzpatrick. But you got to ask yourself a question. Do I want to go with the the lesser known golfer in Ludwig at 10-5 or the more known golfer at with Matt Fitzpatrick at 10-2? I think they're both great options. I'm super high on Matt Fitzpatrick this year. I'm probably going to sprinkle a bit of both. Definitely very interested to see where the ownership comes in, but... I think they're both good options. They're going to be my two. I'm going to probably go with Ludwig number one uh, over Matt Fitzpatrick, but those are the two options for me. And I'm going. To, we have to talk about Sahith at ten thousand. I can I can see him missing this cut. Like to be honest, uh, what do we know about Sahith? He Sahith. He is a super 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 volatile golfer. He can have weeks where he can spike in every category. He can have weeks when he can lose in every category. So last week, let's look at his strokes gain breakdown in Hawaii. 1.2 off the tee, 2.6 on approach, four, one around the green, four putting. That is a beautiful display of golf gained in every single category. But what we know about Saith, he's super loose off the tee, super volatile in all the categories, and can just as easily gain 10 strokes in any category or gain five strokes in any category, then lose it. He is a golfer who doesn't really foreshadow good results. He finds good results whenever he finds them. And I'm not I'm not buying that good finish at the century, a golf course where you can literally drive it wherever the hell you want and lean on a good putter to have anything to do with his performance upcoming this week at a golf course where you have to be precise all the tee. You can't drive it anywhere you want. You're going to be stuck in some uh, Bermuda rough. You're going to be stuck behind a palm tree. I don't see this golf course for size at, at all. And I think in the higher stake contest that people will know that and they probably won't play him and i think that's correct i don't think you can play him hopefully his ownership will get driven up a little bit based off last week but i do not think sahith is a good play at all so those are my thoughts on the 10k range i really think ludwig or matt fitzpatrick is the answer before we move on down to the lower ranges let me talk to you a little bit about DraftKings sportsbook DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL playoffs, bringing you an offer that will help to make help make the playoffs electrifying. Five new customers can deposit five bucks and instantly get two hundred dollars in bonus bets. Why wouldn't you want to turn five hundred five dollars into two hundred? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SGP. Turn five dollars into two hundred instantly. Must read this gambling problem. Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www. one eight hundred Gambler. net in New York. Call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problems 877-89777 or visit ccpg.com. Sorry, I had to read that ad read. No one wants to hear about gambling problems. Let's talk about the 9K range a little bit. We have Brian Harmon down to Hideki Matsuyama. Some core sources, some definitely interesting names in this range. Let's start with Brian Harmon. Let's, what does Brian Harmon? What does Brian Harmon do well? Drive the ball really straight, hit his wedges close, make some putts. What does Wiley ask you to do? Those exact things. But when you look at the history of Brian Harmon at this golf course, it's not great. He's never broken the uh, the top thirty. He's got some missed cuts. 
Now, why is that? Is it time of the year? Is it, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is, but his course history is bad. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that pushes his ownership a little bit down. I'm already seeing some buzz around Harmon this week, which, and I think it's very warranted. His last two starts, fifth at the century, eighth at the hero. That's some good golf being played, but the course, so it's just, it's just a question you want to ask yourself, recent form or course history. Usually recent form trumps that and uh, he can be able to play at a golf course, even if he has poor course history. And look, the golf course makes so much damn sense for Harmon, like positional off the tee, wedges, putter. That's Brian Harmon. Course history is really bad. I'm a little bit nervous. He lost strokes off the tee last week and gained a ton of strokes putting. And then at the, at uh, the hero world challenge, he lost six strokes ball striking and gained eight strokes around the green to finish eighth. Definitely a bit concerning because the ball striking is not there. It's nothing like what we saw leading into uh, his win at Royal Liverpool, where he was gaining a ton on a, a ton on approach for that month before his open championship win. Now is it's just, this is going to be a question. Like it, it, what is his ownership? His ownership is going to dictate if it's like sub 18, I think he's a hammer because just, he's just a good enough golfer. Even if his game's not in the, the best spot, to have a top 10 finish, have a top five finish, contend in this golf tournament. He loves a course like uh, Harbor Town, RSM Classic, those types of golf courses he loves and he does his best golf at. Now, it could be a time of the year thing, but I think Brian Harmon is a more complete golfer at this point in his career than he has been the last few years. I know he's 34 years old or whatever, 35 years old, whatever, however old he is, so he's, he knows his game. But I think he's more complete. He's a major champion now. Like, come on. Like, he knows what he's doing. So... I think Brian Harmon is a great play at this golf course. Corey Connors at $9,800 is definitely a, an interesting tidbit. Up. He's going to be really popular. He loves this place. Last four finishes, T12, T11, T12, T3. And the interesting thing is the putter. If you know anything about Corey Connors, you know he really struggles with the putter. He's really good, super accurate off the tee, super deadly with his wedges, but he struggles with the putter. This is like one of two golf courses he continually gains with the putter. And I think that's a real thing because putting history is very sticky at this golf course. See Hideki Matsuyama, which I'll do the Hideki Matsuyama thing right now while we're talking about Corey Connors. Hideki Matsuyama plays this event damn near every year because it has the Japan connection because it's in Hawaii. But for some reason, he cannot gain strokes with the putter. In his, I think it's nine trips here, Hideki has lost strokes in every single one of them, except for the one time he gained seven strokes putting and won the damn golf tournament. Super nuts, but if putting's sticky here, that's going to tell you that Corey Connors will putt well here. And looking at the state of his game, it's not bad. T33 at Kapalua, T44 at uh, the RSM Classic. Both of those starts were in the fall and obviously last week. Obviously, T33 and T44 isn't great, but six strokes ball striking. He gained six strokes ball striking to the field in both of them, lost five and three strokes putting respectfully. Good ball striking, headed into a golf course he should putt well. I think Corey Connors will be popular. And look, I don't hate it, but I don't want to just back a super popular Corey Connors because I could just backfire. I don't know. I, it's just a question. I, I kind of wanted to just do the Corey Connors conversation. I really don't know where my head's at with him yet. Um, I'm probably, as of now, I'm probably pass on Corey Connors. Now, Eric Cole, just a golfer who continue, continuously does the, just does things well. His last few starts, T14, T3, T2, T3. 
And and not one of those starts that he gained strokes off the tee, which is just funny because it's Eric Cole gaining strokes with his wedges, gaining strokes on the putting green, which is a great formula to have. If you gain strokes with your wedges, that's yeah, hell yeah. And you're gaining strokes on the green. Hell yeah. You're making birdies. You're doing well. He's played here one time. It was a T61. That was one of his first starts as a PGA Tour rookie. All but meaningless. I haven't been doing the Eric Cole thing. I just can't get behind a golfer who relies so much on the putter. And he's just so bad off the tee. He is so bad off the tee. If you want to play Eric Cole, I will give you a golfer to play. This guy, if you don't know anything about him, he is the European Eric Cole. Alexander Bjork sucks off the tee, amazing with his wedges, amazing with his putter. If you want to play Eric Cole, why not play a golfer who is the exact same for $2,500 less? You are, I'm not even lying, you are getting exactly the exact player, exact same player as Eric Cole with Alexander Bjork. Uh, he's a PGA Tour rookie, I guess, but he graduated from the DP World Tour, got the promotion of the PGA Tour. Uh, with that being said, you're going to hear his name. He's going to be playing more events. Alexander Bjork. This is one of the only golf. This is a, such a Bjork course. If Bjork was, if this exact event was played with a European tour field, Alexander Bjork would be 20 to one, would be one of the most popular golfers in the field. So I know he hasn't played the PGA Tour. The nerves might be up, but this is an Alexander Bjork golf course. If you want to play Eric Cole, just play Alexander Bjork instead. So let's move down the leaderboard a little bit or the DraftKings board out a little bit and see who else we want to uh, talk about. Russell Henley, obviously, uh, if you know me, I'll just tell my Russell Henley story real quick with the Sony Open. He had a five-stroke lead, I, I believe, with nine holes to play at this event two years ago, or three years ago, whatever. Ended up losing in a playoff to Hideki Matsuyama. And my young, dumb self spent the money, literally spent the money. I bought a plane ticket to Florida with uh, Russell Henley winnings. I did not think he was going to blow a back nine lead. He didn't even blow a back nine lead. I think he shot a 66 that day, but Hideki was scorched earth mode and just chased him down. But that being said, this is a great golf course for Russell Henley. He has some really good course history and didn't play great at the uh, century. But let me read off to you real quick. Russell Henley's course history at the uh, Sony Open. And just the course he plays kind of every year. He's played it 11 times. 32nd last year, second the year before that, 11th year before that. And he won this golf. He won this event in 2013 in his first ever start. His last three starts here, plus five ball striking, plus nine ball striking, plus three ball striking. So he always hits the ball super well here. He had a middling finish at the, uh, uh, the century. I don't know what you want to make of that. Um, for some reason, it's not showing me what he entirely did at the century ball striking wise. So I got to look for it somewhere else because I'm kind of intrigued how Russell Henley hit the ball last week because it's going to dictate how he did how he will perform this week. Russell Henley lost five strokes on approach. <laughs> That's kind of laughable. Let's see the last time Russell Henley lost five strokes on approach. I'm not sure I could find it because it is. The last time Russell Henley lost over five strokes on approach was in June of 2017 at TPC Southwind. So this was the like the sixth or fifth worst iron week. Last week was the fifth or sixth worst iron week of Russell Henley's career. Career. 
If that tells you anything, I don't know if you can play Russell Henley with that being said. He's coming off one of the worst approach weeks of his entire career. And approach is what Russell Henley does best. I think you just have to take a backseat to Russell Henley. He, I can't back Russell Henley who's not hitting the ball well because that's all he damn does well. All right. Next guy down, Chris Kirk. A course horse. PGA Tour winner last week. Chris Kirk loves this place. Chris Kirk finished third here last year, 27th year before that, and second the year before that. He loves this place, and it makes sense. A golf course where you have to be accurate up to tee, and you have to hit wedges good. Honda Classic, right there. Same, it's very similar golf course, Bermuda. Things that Chris Kirk does well, heads to a course that fits him perfectly. There's no reason he cannot, I wouldn't say go back to back, but contend again. When Chris Kirk starts playing well, he's a microwave. He's a microwave just like JT Poston, who I'm going to talk about next. JT Poston, a guy who, when he gets going, he gets going. He is at $9,100, obviously a little bit down, but he finished, what was it, fifth last week? He finished fifth at the century, and JT Poston is an absolute microwave. Once he starts finding those finding those fairways, hitting his wedges close, JT Poston goes nuclear. And he only does it on golf courses that like fit him. A T3 at TPC Summerlin, accurate birdie fest. A T2, eh, not really 3M open. I'm talking TPC Deer Run, T6. Just golf courses like that when JT Poston can just hit the fairway, hit wedges, put on Bermuda. When he gets going, he gets going. I don't love that he lost to the field on approach. He lost 0.51 strokes on approach, which kind of might get me off of him because when JT Poston... JT Poston foreshadows it. Like when he gets going, he gets going. And he's going to be super, super, super popular this week. I don't know if I love the stat profile. I don't know if I love the stat profile from Henley either. So let's talk, let's do the Will Zalatoris conversation. Will Zalatoris making his first start of 2024. Obviously, he started the, the Hero World Challenge, which doesn't count as a PGA Tour event, but he played like absolute dog shit. Uh Kind of is what it is. Just happy to see him out there because he is my favorite golfer. Uh, would love to see another Will Zalatoris win in the near future, but I do not think we're going to get it. At the Hero World Challenge, he lost five strokes on approach, seven strokes around the green, finished last. I'm going to see if that was the worst approach week of his career. So no, it wasn't the worst approach week of his career. That came at the 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge. And then he his start after that was a missed cut. So if that's telling you anything, Will Zalatoris will miss the cut this week. Do I think he'll miss the cut this week? No. I think he's been grinding after the Hero World Challenge to get into golf shape. But by no means does Will Zalatoris think he's going to win this golf tournament. By no means do I think Will Zalatoris is going to win this golf tournament. If you if you want a golf course for Will Zalatoris, it is not a wedge fest at birdie fest. It is a golf course that's super difficult. Uh, fast greens, Augusta, Bay Hill. Those are Will Zalatoris golf courses, uh, not wildlife country club. So Will Zalatoris is not a good play this week. I will just say that right now. So let's recap the 9K range, guys that I like the best. I think it's going to have to be Brian Harmon. And Chris Kirk, I'm down to go back back to Chris Kirk. JT Poston will do something. Hideki's just been so like poor since his injury, but so I think it's going to be those guys. Uh, we'll go down to the 8K range. Ben On is going to be very popular this week. Down to Keegan Bradley. So 
Let's take a look at Ben on. How did he hit it last week? Obviously, he was on the leaderboard. Uh, and look, let's look at his course history here. So Ben Ons played here one time. It was last year, and it was a T12. Combine the two things. Good course history, I guess recent course history, and great recent form. That's going to be a popular golfer. So, And he knows he should be popular. Finished fourth last week. But his, his, his week last week wasn't... It was impressive, obviously. He finished fourth in a great field. He gained one stroke off the tee, gained 0.6 strokes on approach, gained three strokes around the green. Is that the profile I really want? If, especially if he's going to be super chalky? Not necessarily. Definitely waiting to see what the ownership is doing on Ben on because I don't really want to back that profile. A golfer who uh, just gained a majority of his strokes around the green, that's not really sustainable. Obviously, he has, has, has had success here, but it's only one year of success. I could definitely throw that, uh, throw that away a little bit. Golfer that I really like, uh, it's going to be not Denny McCarthy. I almost said Siwoo Kim. Denny McCarthy at, what is he, $8,400? Denny McCarthy at $8,400. He kind of flashed a little bit, had a middling finish. Uh, he finished, what did he finish last week? T43, nothing crazy. But that's now three straight weeks or three straight starts leading up back to the BMW Championship where Denny has gained over a stroke on approach. And that's when you want Denny. He's played here twice, T32, T48. Nothing crazy, but you're getting a golf course. Driving accuracy you need. You need wedge play. Bermuda putting. Those three things are what Denny does best. Denny will be in nearly all of my lineups. And when Denny gets too chalky, not Denny. when Denny gets too chalky, he is a complete X no-go. You don't want a chalky Denny. I don't think Denny's going to be surprised, like overly, overly touted, overly used in lineups. I think that's going to be JT Post and Corey Connors. I should need to switch. Yeah, there we go. JT Post and Corey Connors, stuff like that. So $8,400 Denny, I think, is an absolute hammer this week. Let's do the Cam Davis conversation because I was very high on him last week and he had a comical performance, a truly comical performance. Finished T52, lost six strokes on approach, lost nine and a half, 10 strokes T to green. Cam Davis, what the fuck? There is not a better start for Cam Davis. I mean, a better spot for Cam Davis than Wiley. I mean, than Kapalua. Drive it anywhere, lean on your iron game, and go from there. Now he heads to a golf course. He's played five times, five times. He's missed the cut once, so that was 2019, and has a career T10. Kind of like Ludwig. Cam Davis surprisingly does really well on those club down positional courses, which is very weird to think about. Just dating back to his last results at those types of courses. T7 at Sedgefield, very similar golf course. A T7 at the Shriners, a very similar golf course. T6, TPC Sawgrass, very similar golf course. A sixth place at the Barracuda, very similar golf course. T8 at the John Deere Classic. T7 at Colonial. T3 at Harbortown. These are all, all the same golf courses. Now, who's going to want to play Cam Davis, who just lost 10 strokes T to green? Not many people flop lag. I was so high on him last week. I cannot let one bad start just totally aid me off of Cam Davis. I am going to do the Cam Davis thing. I think he is going to bounce back and bounce back in a big way. Before we get to the rest of this 8K range and below, let me talk to you quickly about game time, gametime.co, not gametime.com. If you're in the Houston area, you want to drop $5,000 on national championship tickets, go do it, gametime.co. Um, I've done it before, needed last minute tickets, concert tickets, everything. They show you exactly what you need 
and uh, they got great ticket deals. So head to gametime.co, buy those last minute ticket deals. Finally, I want to talk to you quickly about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college hoops, college football. Simply pick higher or lower and cash on their stats and cash in. If you've been following me on Twitter, I've been doing really well with those Underdog uh, golf props. So I don't have any for you right now. The board's not up, but just follow me on Twitter. I will post those when they are up. And I'm, I've been hitting those two-leggers for 3X. I don't want to get too, too cute with it. So... Throwing out those quick two-leggers, and I mean, who will, who won't take three extra money? I will. Let's move down the rest of this uh, DraftKings player pool, DraftKings prize pool. I want to talk about Stefan Yeager and Keegan Bradley. Both, I think, are underpriced just for the class of golfer they are. Now, Stefan Yeager, what is he? He's a guy who has been around that 35 to 40 to 1 range. He's been a popular bet every course and hasn't really done anything like T28, T45, T25, T45. It's kind of ugly. Like he'll have one round where he'll he will just light up the leaderboard and just look like, oh shit, here comes Stefan Yeager. Here comes that chalk that everyone was on. But it's not anything special. What I do think he is a lock to make the cut and he is a lock to have like I, he's a lock to make the cut and has some ceiling to mix and get you a good finish at 8K. So let's talk about Keegan Bradley. Because at 8K, a golfer that I think can do well here. Finished T45 at Kapalua. Then it was a T13 at Albany and a T19 in his last start at uh, Zozo. The game's not amazing, but it's not a bad plot, bad spot. He gained four strokes on approach at the uh, at the Century last week, and he's coming to a golf course where he's played 11 times. He's gained four-plus ball striking nearly every start here. A few missed cuts, a few top 15s. At 8K, I think Keegan is a... Definitely a good price. And this is definitely, you're getting, you're getting Keegan at a low because he, as the PGA tour dilutes and continues to dilute, it's going to show that Keegan's one of the better players on this PGA tour. Let's go down to the seven K range. Give you some names. Uh, Brendan Todd. What let's talk about Brendan Todd. Cause he was obviously in the mix last week was one of the leaders going into the weekend and kind of faded. We talk about guts and guys that don't have like, Xander Shoffley's, Patrick Cantlay's, guys that just get in contention and then vomit over, all over themselves. Brendan Todd's sneaky one of those golfers. And I know it's Brendan Todd, so you don't, like, you, don't want, you don't ever think that. But whenever Brendan Todd gets in contention, he loses his best weapon, which is his putter. Like, Brendan Todd, you can't be missing six-foot putts. You're fucking Brendan Todd. And that's what he kind of ha- does, at least the last two years. But now he heads to a course. He has played nine times. And it makes a ton of sense for him. Like I said with Brian Harmon, uh, accurate driving, wedges, putter. He doesn't have the best course history, but what Brendan does have is the caddy. Brendan Todd has Paul Tesori on his bag. What do we know about Paul Tesori? Caddy for Webb Simpson for years. What golf course did Webb Simpson absolutely annihilate in his career? Why lie? Connections, man. Connections. Make these connections. It's only going to benefit him. Brennan Todd has only broken the top 20 here one time. And at what's his, what's his price point? What is it? 7,900? Like, he gives you that upside. We see him leading golf tournaments with Scotty Scheffler, with Victor Hovland, with Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Xander Truffley in the field. He's leading the golf tournament. Now he heads to a golf course that makes even more sense. And he has a caddy that's destroyed this place. I think Brendan Todd's a hammer at 7,900. Like, 
he might be popular, but I think he's a hammer. Akshay Batia going to be super popular this week. And for, for a great reason, he was leading this golf tournament after 54 holes. And I think the moment kind of got too big for him. Uh, but Akshay, like very impressive. You're still like, what, you're, what are you 21 years old? And you're almost winning golf tournaments with the best players in the world. Uh, one thing I'll say about Akshay is you put him on a, a golf course that you could see the water, you could see palm trees. He's going to fuck. His, his, his win on the Corn Ferry Tour came in uh, the Bahamas, I believe, or Bermuda, just a, a golf course like this. Um, whenever he plays these resort-style courses, he fucks. So give Shay some, some palm trees, some, some, some sea views, and he'll start putting it well. That's kind of what his only question mark is, is the putter, and he put awesomely last week. At 7900 the price might tell you what to do with him. He might tell you to skip him because everyone's going to play them at this price. So... Uh, I think Matt Kuchar or Adam Svensson is just going to be a better option. Uh, Adam Svensson or Matt Kuchar, a course horse, he won here in 2019, missed two cuts, then finished with two seven-place finishes. At this point in his career, Matt Kuchar knows he can only contend on so many golf courses, and this is definitely one of them. Matt Kuchar can't play on a golf course that's 8,000 yards. He needs to play on a short course where he can just rely on his wedge play and his putter, and this is one of them. Uh, Week in, week out, he kind of just proves us all wrong or – Proves golfers wrong that he's still here. Like he's still here to play. I want to talk a little bit about Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin, I'm going to be super high on this year. He's played here one time and that was a T12 last year. But what we saw from Ben Griffin in the fall, he almost won the Sanderson. He was a putt away from winning it. Had him, had him 100 to one or whatever it was. And then he finished eighth at the RSM. Golf courses that make a lot of sense. And we saw him contend or not contend, play well on these positional Bermuda golf courses. At 7,400, he's not going to garner too much ownership. People have forgotten about him. But this is a golf course that Ben, Gro- ben Griffin can definitely eat up. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, I think the price point is way too, lo- way too low. He's missed his last two cuts here. But like I talked about with Matt Fitzpatrick, I think this is going to be a year that Grillo really takes a step above. I will talk about one more guy. I already talked about Alexander Bjork at 7,200. I think he's a great play. Rio Hisatsune. Rio Hisatsune. Sorry. A... The next budding Japanese superstar, we know the Hideki Matsuyamas of the world. Remember this name. This kid already has a win. He won the British Masters, I believe. I think, no, not the British Masters. It was the, it was the event that, what's his name? Oh, event that he went, I'm blanking now, sorry. Uh, let, me, let me find out the event he won. It was the... It was the event that uh, Jordan Smith blew. It was the event that Jordan Smith blew. The French Open he won. I said British Masters. The French Open he won. A golf course. A lot of wedges. Super positional. I love that. I love him at a golf course like this. So 7,100, definitely a sleeper target that can mix. Now, those are some names I liked. Let's talk a little bit about the 6K range. A golfer who I think can make you some money. And that's Matthias Schmidt. But, oh, shit. I had... I thought I had him pulled up. I don't have him pulled up. Let me go down. 6,700. There we are. 6,700. Where is he? Matthias Schmidt. 6,700. So this guy, or Matty Schmidt, sorry, whatever you want to call him. This guy uh, is a golfer who always lights it up in round one. Loves a birdie streak. Can just make a ton of birdies and then just do nothing. But that's kind of what you want in the 6K range. You need someone who's going to come lights out. Need someone who's going to get through the cut. Can he mix? I don't know. Can he make the cut? Surely. He's going to get out to, he's going to be in the mix for the first round lead. He always is. But 
I like him to get through the cut. And he recently, just recently, played a full schedule, like Matt Wallace, played a full schedule on the European tour and almost won one of the events. What ev- There was one event that he finished fourth in on the European tour. And then an uh, event after that, he finished second in. I don't remember the exact titles of the events, but they were both positional golf courses like this that Matthias Schmid went over and played really well. I, li- I just like that more than him playing well, I just like that he went over to Europe and played a schedule of golf rather than just sitting at home doing nothing like Terrell Hatton. So that about wraps it up. $6,700 play. $6,700 play is Matty Schmid. You know who I like up top and some hammers across the middle. Obviously, a bunch more content this week. You know where to find me. Uh, Discord, Twitter, anywhere. Just any questions, hit me up. Best of luck this week. Best of luck tonight. I will catch you guys tomorrow.